<sighs> All right. I am super excited about tonight because I have two whole sermons that I'm trying to put together. <clears throat> I wrote one and it just didn't come completely together for me. Um, so I wrote another one and it didn't come completely together for me either. And I was praying about it now. I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. These people expect something good. And all they're going to get is me and my uh, weak sermons that I wrote this week. And God was like, well, they're weak because they need to go together. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. So I'm going to start here. And since it's kind of turned into story time with Crystal, I, I'm, I'm going to be talking about releasing God's power through intercession tonight. I'm going to talk about what intercession is, because it's pretty simple. I'm being honest. I'm going to talk about how we're getting there and why it's really important that we understand the concept and do it. Just like my prayer thing last week, it's really important that we start taking these steps and do it. But um, there is a quote. Charles Finney said, Revival is no more a miracle than a crop of wheat. Revival comes from heaven when heroic souls enter the conflict, determined to win or die, or if need be, to win and die. Matthew Henry said, When God intends to do a great mercy for his people, the first thing he does is set them praying. I don't know about you guys, but I feel it. You guys feeling it? Are you guys starting to feel that urge, that draw to understand where we're going? And if not, it's coming, I promise. Leonard Ravenhill said, at God's counter, there are no sale days, for the price of revival is ever the same. Travail. holding my microphone. Okay, there we go. So I started out with a story of revival and I immediately went to revivals that I'm familiar with and God kept saying, well, that's not the one, that's not the one. Well, that's not the one either. So I, I went all the way back to 1984, which for some of you are like, that's not all the way back. For me it is, I was three, okay. <clears throat> in 1984, revival broke out in a small town in Argentina. And what it was, as a small church, about 50 people, that this pastor had had a heart and was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying that he would have people join him in striving for finding, discovering this deeper part of God that he knew had to be there, but he hadn't experienced it. And eventually, he had several of his younger members of his church, his youth group, basically. In 1984, I'm not sure that's what they called it, but that's what I put there. They, they came to talk to their pastor about this intense desire that they had to commit everything they had to Christ. And then he sat down with these youth and he said, do you know what you're asking? 
He started out with 50 or 60 young people that had come to him. And by the time he laid down everything that they would have to go through to follow what they proclaimed that they wanted, he only had six left. These six and their pastor prayed. Here's, here's the tie-in, guys. Prayed. <laughs> For months they prayed. And the initial response was God bringing severe conviction of sin upon those praying. You know what that means to me? If you want revival and you're going to join in a team that's praying for it, be prepared because you're going to be digging up your stuff. You're going to dig up everything in your life and you're going to find it and you're going to get rid of it because that's your only desire is to do what God wants. And you want to see how far God can take you. And you've got this desire to know that there's so much more of him. And I know we've been hounding on this week after week after week. But I'm telling you, for those of you that have never experienced it, there's more. There's a lot more. There's more than we've ever experienced here. I've experienced some of it. And even what I've experienced, I know there's more. I know there's more. So the conviction started in the prayers that led to the entirety of the church. By the end of that year, the youth group and the praying had grown the church to almost 200 members. And the pastor decided to start doing some street ministry. And within the year, they, within five years, they had planned to go from 200. They figured about five years would be about 5,000 people at their rate of growth. They kept praying though, and people kept joining the fight. And that's what this is, it's a fight. You're fighting against oppression in your city, in your church, in your homes, in your schools. You're fighting. And by the end of that year, the church was running 5,000 every Sunday. 20,000 were visiting the church on a monthly basis. 20,000 people. Argentina is still in revival today. That church is still revival-minded today. They have seen 50,000 honest-to-goodness salvations, the ones that stuck it out, that went through discipleship, that are working and walking in Christly walk right now. 50,000 souls. Amen. And he has sparked revivals in other cities. The Toronto revival in the early 90s came out of Argentina. The Browns really re revival the famous one, 1995, came out of Argentina and Toronto. The Smithton, which is down by Sedalia Revival, came out of Brownsville. So what I'm kind of trying to show you here is that prayer not only shakes your little world, it can shake the whole world. When you get down on your knees in intercession, you are shaking the heavens. It can change a nation. It can change a continent, and it can change the world. And that's where I'm going to start today. So I hope that was good for you. Intercessory prayer is a really simple concept, and we probably do it better than we do anything else, praying for other people. It's pretty easy to say, dear Lord, bless Helen, right? Dear Lord, you know, touch Mary and her family, and we know they're going through struggles. Dear Lord, bless our pastor. It's easy to pray that. But intercession, even though it's got the simple, simple base, 
It's just this such a deep subject. Um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church actually states that intercession is a prayer of petition which leads us to pray the way Jesus did. He is the one intercessor with the Father on behalf of all men, especially sinners. He is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us and intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Intercessory prayer invites the Holy Spirit to act. And I think that is key. When the Holy Spirit acts, it's like opening the floodgates or watching a dam break open. It is powerful prayer. Powerful prayer. Intercessory prayer, it goes hand in hand with worship. Because intercessory prayer and worship are the primary means by which God has chosen to release on earth in this day and age and in the ages to come. It's, it's the way he releases his power. Worship, we agree with who he is. In intercession, we agree with what he's promised to do. God's chosen people express their agreement with the Lord. That means not our will, but his. That's a big thing here, is we can't just sit back and take this, it's like a two-party check. How many of you ever got one of those from like your insurance office, where one person, the insurance agent has to sign it and you have to sign it to be able to cash it to be able to pay for your roof or something. This is a two-party check. If you're following within God's footsteps and God's will, you will need to, Not you've already gotten a check and God's already signed it and said, listen, it is my will that all men be saved. It is my will that we heal. It is my will that you walk in the powers of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's my will that this will be done. All we have to do is sign our end of the check. That's all we have to do. And by doing that, that is intercession. Stepping into that agreement with Jesus and saying, okay, I'm going to pray for the lost souls. I'm going to pray for my community. I'm going to pray for my church. God's already signed that check. All we have to do is do it. That's, I mean, that's pretty simple. They go together. God is not looking for information, people. He already knows. He is looking for interaction. He doesn't need you to tell him that, God, I know, I, I know my friend's struggling today. He knows that. But he wants that interaction. He wants us to talk to him. He wants that interaction with us. He wants a communication. He wants that open communication. And intercession, that's what that is too. It's open communication because we're in agreement with God, right? Yeah. Intercessory prayer is also the prayer of a disciple who desires others to know God more deeply. Now, I don't know about you, but I would like everyone to know God more deeply, including myself. But do you know who is important for me to know? For me, it's you guys. It's people out there that don't know him. Because I've taken the steps and I know who God is. So that's why it's important. It takes us outside of ourselves and makes us, this is a big word, conduit of grace. 
think electricity. The if is you know they, the conduit is where you store your wire in a wall. Okay, so it's the connection. We are a conduit of grace between God and our fellow man when we enter into intercessory prayer. We are praying for others. We are praying for the Holy Spirit to move in others. We are praying for miracles for others. Kids, you guys kind of understand that? Okay, you got it? At the heart of intercessory prayer is confidence that God can do amazing things when we trust in him. Sounds familiar from last week, doesn't it? We've got to have the faith. We have, remember when I said we have faith and confidence? We can interchange that word. We have faith in God. We have confidence in God. Worship and warfare go hand in hand, though. So if you're going to start praying for others, I want you to understand that you will get into warfare. Warfare and intercession go together. Because as you're praying for others, you're starting to fight for them. And I'm telling you something right now. I'm willing to fight for you guys. I'm willing to stand up front and sweat and fight for you guys to get the breakthrough so freedom is in this house so we can worship with freedom. Right. I'm willing to get up in the middle of the night and pray for you for maybe I don't even know what. But I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to fight those battles as a as brother, sister, I'm willing to fight this for you. There is some, this is something that we need to excel at. Praying for others should be something that we study out and get really good at. Because if we love God, <laughs> this is his heart. And if God puts so much importance on this, this is something that we really do need to be good at. We need to read about it. We need to practice it. We need to take steps into learning more about it. We need to teach our children how to pray, not only for themselves, not only for their needs, but for others' needs too. Intercession is so important. And it's just, like I said, it's just a big word that means praying for other people. And it's something that we seem to lack this understanding about because intercession is one of those $20 church words, right? We don't like the $20 church words unless we understand them. And once we understand them, the light goes on and we're like, oh, I get it now. There are some other reasons for using intercessory prayer. It is a reminder that the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelism. The only thing that we can do to make evangelism effective is to pray because we're not the ones drawing people we're not the one and if, if we are the ones drawing people then there is an issue with the way we do things I would love to say man I've got X amount of salvations under my belt in the natural because it sounds good but in the spirit I would like to say man God just got another angel today you know God is reach down and he's touched this person and I don't even know what I said to make them understand the love of God today but he worked his way you know my prayers worked or the Holy Spirit hit me hard and my, my words came out and I didn't even know what I was saying but that worked okay <laughs> it banishes fear so number two intercessory prayer banishes fear and allows us to place situations and people in his hands 
Sometimes we feel small, weak, and helpless. All of these requests and feelings can be given over to him, and we can intercede on other people's behalf. God, I can see so-and-so struggling. God, let them, let them come to a point where they just give it to you because I know you can take care of it. I can see that this, this area is struggling. I can see our community is struggling. God, we just need to give this to you because you can take care of it. That's a part of intercessory prayer. Here's a big one. I think it's really important. It makes us less selfish. As we step outside our own lives to pray for others and their needs, I teach junior high. I've said that five bazillion times, I know. And you guys all know that very well. Kids are very selfish. Kids are very selfish. I mean, part of it, as they're growing up, they're meant to be selfish. They don't have that worldview. But as they're getting older, you know, they do need to start to develop this worldview. Does everybody agree with me on that one? And to teach them how to pray for others teaches them how to see outside their own problems and their own lives and their own drama and their own issues and see that others have problems too. And as I think that instead of you know just telling them not to bully people and punishing them when they do kind of bully people, the best way to actually teach them not to bully people is to have them pray for the person that they got in trouble with for bullying. Sorry, guys, that one just came to me, so don't get in trouble for that, right, boys? <clears throat> I know that there is so much power and there's so much value in intercession that this is something that's very hard for me to articulate sometimes. In Psalms 2, let me see if I can... I didn't mark any verses. Like I said, I'm kind of going by the seat of my pants here. Seven and eight. I will de declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Okay. That's what we're doing, guys. When we say, God, pray for my community. Pray for my community. We know that we are declaring something that God's already decreed. He wants the nations. He wants our communities. And I know I've said that, but this is something very, very important. You guys, you kind of understand where I'm going with this, kids? This is why I taught about prayer and why we should pray and how we should pray and why I understand that praying and taking those steps to learn how to pray is a little bit different than anything else we'll ever do in our entire lives. But this is why it's important, because it can change lives. I, um, Mike Bickle actually says, he calls it the mystery and majesty of intercession, is how he refers to it. Um, and the mystery really is, is that, or the majesty, sorry, I'm getting me confused. The majesty is, is this is the primary means by which he releases his power. God just wants to hear you say it. God can work anything, but there's sometimes there's something in us saying, God, just do it. There's something in us coming into agreement with him. There's just something there. There's power there. There's power in our words, in our words. Words. 
We are sons and daughters. We can request the nations for our inheritance. But we don't want to step that far out. I don't, I mean, right away, I'm, I'm not ready for that. But I'm going to say this. I request my inheritance. I, I request that this church, I request that my brothers and sisters in this room catch fire. God, I request it. I declare this decree. The decree is that all men follow Jesus. They take up their crosses daily and they follow Jesus and they live like Jesus. So I'm declaring that though. So we're, I'm declaring that over this church. I'm fulfilling, fulfilling this decree. You know, we're all going to take up our crosses. We're all going to do what he needs us to do. You're, you're just going to do it. Now the mystery of intercession is this. The primary principle of intercession is so simple. That's why it's so confusing, right? Tell God what he tells us to tell him. Do I need to repeat that? I'm going to repeat that. Let's make sure I read it right. <laughs> Intercession is telling God what he has told us to tell him. God healed the sick. We know it's in the Bible. We know it's in there, right? So, and God knows it's there. I mean, you know, it's his word. So, but all he needs is for us to say, God, heal this person with faith, with that effective prayer that we talked about last week. That's right. It's mystery right you, because their English was great in old England, I guess. <laughs> Intercession is a particular subset of prayer. It involves <coughs> three aspects. Sorry, I'm coughing tonight. <laughs> First, intercession involves identification. Jesus is the great intercessor and became a man, identifying with those he came to set free. So the Holy Spirit identifies with man, not only dwelling among, among men, but don't. I'm going to read that again. The Holy Spirit identifies. Obviously, we're not deities, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we can see the importance of being able to identify with those that we are burdened to pray for. So the first step is you've got to identify with them. You've got to put yourself in their shoes. So when I'm praying for you, I'm putting myself in your shoes. When I'm praying for Stephen, you know, I'm putting myself in his shoes kind of hard to think like a teenage boy as a you know middle-aged woman but you know I'm <laughs> that's not what I'm saying I'm just you know Stephen just moved back he's excited he's happy I'm, I'm you know but he's probably got some issues coming back and worries about school next year and I've been praying for you Stephen I just want you to know that but I had to put myself in his shoes to figure out what he might be worried about and what I might need to cover and pray for and I needed to ask God for a little bit of discernment too you know, I might pray for Helen. I know that she lives in a lot of pain. I have to put myself in her shoes when I pray. Okay, moving on. I don't want to take forever. <laughs> Intercession involves compassion. So once you put somebody in your, once you put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you can't just be like, it's not that bad. Oh my gosh, can't they get over it? Like for real. Once you identify with them, once you, and once the Holy Spirit moves on you and you've gotten that connection with somebody, you have to feel for them. 
and I don't like feelings. <laughs> you know, I just I don't I don't like feeling things. I don't like feeling. But when I'm praying for somebody, and I I can feel some of the things that you're feeling. I've asked God for that. God, give me that discernment. You've got to let me feel what they're feeling. Otherwise, I won't ever feel bad for them. And I won't ever understand why they need prayer for that. If we have compassion, we understand what issues in their lives they need prayer for and why they need prayer for it. We have to have that compassion. It makes us human. It makes us not selfish. It makes us do all the things that I've already talked about. The third thing is intercession involves authority. Jesus finished his work at the cross by gaining victory and then ascended to the throne where victory might be accessed and applied. As believers, not, not only is Christ in us, but we are in Christ. Since Christ sits at the throne, we're kind of technically with him in the throne room, guys. An intercessory prayer is a prayer that comes boldly before the throne. The Father knows all hearts and what the Holy Spirit is saying because the Spirit pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. And if we are walking in harmony with the Holy Spirit, it means we pray. With God's heart. So the first step to really being an effective intercessory prayer person somebody that prays a lot for other people, is we have to have the heart of Jesus. We have to move into that. We have to allow that to happen. We have to take up our cross daily and, you know, all the stuff that we already know. We already know all this. A lot of you have heard it over and over. And the youngins, I know that you've probably heard it a few times. Okay? But there's some benefits, too. get to benefit number one. When we pray for somebody and something good happens, when we see our prayers working, what is the first thing do you what do you think what do you think the first thing that happens is in us? If I pray for I'm gonna use Stephen because I keep you I already said your name. So if I pray for Stephen and, and he has a good rest of the summer and a good first couple weeks of school and you know everything's going great for him, then the first thing that happens for me is it renews my faith. So you're wondering why you're having struggles understanding, you know, I just don't know. Maybe God's not as big as I think he is. And, you know, if anybody's having that crisis of faith, start praying. And don't pray for yourself, pray for others. Because when you see God working in others, then it renews your faith. or at least not done it effectively. Benefit number two, it increases, <laughs> it increases our spiritual insight. The more you pray, the more insight God blesses you with, because the more you're praying into other people's situation, you, you can see discernment start flowing. That's another big church word that just means you're in the know. You've got the spiritual knowledge. Okay? Kids, are you good on that? I don't want to brush over anything. So you get the spiritual knowledge. It's special knowledge that the Holy Spirit brings into us. 
And when we pray for other people, you know, we need a little bit of that to get going. And, and the more we pray, the easier it is to hear that voice in us saying, we need to pray for this person. Does that make sense? Okay. Step number three, or benefit number three, it releases God's power. I know I've said that a couple of times. It releases his power and his justice. It changes the spiritual atmosphere of cities. When Daniel prayed, angelic activity increased and demonic activity was hindered in the spirit realm in Daniel 10. There is, irre there is an irrefutable law. It means you can't do away with it. It doesn't go away. We observe in history and that revival is released in a far greater measure when more prayer is offered. And by revival, I'm talking personal revival, guys. Personal awakening in ourselves and personal ability to dig deeper and heart more, seek God more. And a personal revival, it's our hunger for the saving of souls or working with kids or working our gifts. So kids, that's what I'm telling you. You see all these cool things on TV and you want to be that cool guy with the ramp that does the drama team. Start praying. Because praying increases our gifts, it increases our understanding, it increases so much. Okay? Benefit number four, <laughs> it creates love and unity. Intercession is a practical expression of loving people. If you're always wondering, oh, I'm so bad at conversations, and I'm not good at going and talking to people, and the easiest way to start interacting with people is to start praying for people. You love them. You start to love them. If you're having a hard time with somebody, maybe the best thing to do instead of griping about it all the time is to pray for them. And I, I know I do. I have those kids at school that drive me nuts. Or my own children at home that drive me nuts. And the first thing I do is, dear Jesus, please. You got to start blessing them. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I'm really not joking, actually. <laughs> but no, I'm serious, though. Pray for them. You know, God, I don't know what's going on in their lives that make them so grouchy towards me at school. I don't know why they're so disrespectful. God, just start working on them because I love them. They're a good kid, you know? All right, skipping. Okay. Multiplied blessings is what I wrote down. Let me write down. Intercession for others causes God's blessing to multiply by returning back on the life of the intercessor. As in, when you pray for people and things start happening in their lives, God starts moving in your own life. And that's actually biblical. Um, it's from Luke 6, 38. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Because I think that's an important thing we've got to realize. It's not the only reason you should do it, but it's kind of a neat product of it. Give, and it will be given to you, ground, or for good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom for, with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Biblical principle here, guys. The more you give, God gives more back. So pray for people, because you'll start to see God multiplying blessings in your own lives. That's not the only reason to do it. There's a lot of good reasons to do it, but it's a byproduct. It happens. Benefit number six, you have a long-term impact. 
Intercession, inter, intercession, intercession makes long-term impact. Our prayers for people and cities have impact both now and in the age to come. That means now and after we are here. Our prayers today can be coming true in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And my prayers from high school can be coming true today or next decade or next hundred years or but that that's that those prayers stay the effect of those prayers are long-lasting because we're doing it with purity of our heart when you're praying for other people you can't be selfish it's just really hard and benefit number seven is an intercession gives us inheritance in the people and the places for which we pray so Paul praying for the church and I don't know Thessalonica let's just throw that one out there everything that happened in the church of Thessalonica the souls that were saved the people that went through Paul gets some of that inheritance and I know that's an interesting concept but me preaching to you hopefully impacts somebody a little bit to start praying or trying to pray or taking those steps and then, you know, hopefully, you know, the prayers lead up to him being the next Benny Hinn and he's healing people. That's my inheritance because I was praying for him. I prayed for all of you tonight before I came here. That, you know, God reaches down and stirs something in you and reminds you to move. Intercession is God's strategy for including the saints in the ruling with him in power. The activity of intercession renews our faith, transforms and draws us into intimacy with God, increases our understanding and releases God's power, expresses love, leads to unity, multiplies our blessings, and has a long-term impact and increases our inheritance. That just kind of sums it all up. So this very simple practice of not praying for our own needs sometimes, but praying for others' needs and putting ourselves in their shoes can have such a huge amount of eternal rewards. And that's what we're starting to do on Sunday mornings. We're praying for every body, every soul that walks into this church. Every seat that gets filled has been prayed for on Sunday mornings. Every child here, I'm sure, gets prayed for daily by somebody, if not several somebodies. Every sickness that is represented, every family issue, it's covered all because of somebody is willing to lay down their own needs for five minutes and to pray for you. And to pray for your kids and your grandkids. And to pray for your family that's not in church and to pray for those that are in other churches. Somebody's praying for them. So let's take those steps and let's start putting our own needs to the side every once in a while and pray not only for each other here, but for others. And that's what I have for tonight. Um, I think what I want to do is I'm teaching about prayer, so
I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. But I, I encourage you guys, if you want to come to the altar, they're always open. There's no rule against that tonight or any other or ever. So if you, I'm going to go ahead and close. Dear Heavenly Father, such a simple topic tonight. Such a big word to go with it, though. Remove any fear. Remove any nervousness or unsure feelings about prayer, God, because praying is such a huge part of knowing who you are. I love you, God, and I love that you can work through me and you can make my silly words make sense in the end. And God, right now, I reach down and bless every person in this room. Bless their homes, bless their health, bless their families. In your name we pray. Amen.